John chapter 5. And Brother Renee, I'm going to throw your curveball right now. Okay? I would like to go to that verse, not John chapter 5. I'd like to go to the book of Hosea first, that verse that we put at the end. I'd like to start with that verse, and then we'll jump back up to John 5. Please. So we're going to go to Hosea chapter 4, verse 6. The Lord is speaking here to the children of Israel. All right? And I want you to notice what he says. My people are destroyed for what? Lack of knowledge. Again, colon. Notice there's a colon there, so he's going to explain this further. Because thou hast rejected knowledge, I will also reject thee. That thou shalt be no priest to me. That's a pretty strong statement, isn't it? Now, we understand context from this. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Colon. I'm going to further define that. They have rejected knowledge. They don't lack knowledge because it's not available to them. Right? That's what's being, that's what's being distinguished by the defining after the colon. They have rejected knowledge. Knowledge is available, but they've rejected it. And so they're going to be destroyed for their lack of knowledge, but it wasn't because they didn't have access. That's important, all right? Because you've rejected knowledge, I will also reject you. Apparently, their reception of and pursuit of knowledge, the Lord tied to their reception of and pursuit of Him. You with me? I will reject you that you shall be no priest to me. These are people that clearly we see from this context had a calling of God on their life. They had God had plans for their life, but because they rejected knowledge that was available to them, they were destroyed for their lack of knowledge, and it brought about the rejection of the Lord. All right? Now, notice there's a colon after he says, you shall be no priest for me, colon. He further defines that. Seeing you have forgotten the law of your God. Now, here's the, if, if this isn't a grievous statement. Seeing you have forgotten the law of thy God, I will also Forget your children. It's a strong statement, isn't it? Was the Lord telling them, because you've forgotten the law, I'm not even going to reach to your kids? I don't think he was saying that. I think he was just declaring to them what the consequences were going to be. I had knowledge available to you. You rejected the knowledge. Because you rejected the knowledge, it spoke to me of how you desired to pursue me. So therefore, I've rejected you. And I had plans for your life, 
But because you rejected knowledge, my plans can't be fulfilled. And because you've forgotten the law of the God, because of rejecting knowledge, it's caused you to forget the law. What's going to happen is it's going to affect your kids. And as far as they know, the life they're going to live, it's going to appear to them that I have forgotten them. Because they're not even going to know me. You with me? Do you think it's ma- it, do you think it's important to lay hold on knowledge? Amen. Now we're not talking about intellect here, okay? But that's what I want to talk about tonight. Um, I know we talked said we're going to be in prophecy, but the Lord has convicted me so much the last few days. I can't move off of this, and we'll probably pick back up in Revelation next week. All right. So go with me to the book of John, chapter 5, verse 38 and 39. John 5, 38 and 39. Jesus is speaking here. I love hearing pages turn. And so I'm listening. John, chapter 5, verse 38 and 39. Jesus said... And you have not his word abiding in you. He's speaking of the word of the Father, the Lord. You have not his word abiding in you. For whom he hath sent, him you believe not. Verse 39. Search the scriptures. Everybody say, search the scriptures. For in them, in the scriptures, you think you have eternal life. And they are they which testify of me. I want you to understand this. Jesus in this place in Scripture in John is speaking to the Jews. He's speaking to people who knew the law. They knew the first five books of Scripture. Many of them that were learned in the law could quote the first five books of Scripture. That's astounding. And so he was telling them, you don't have the word abiding in you. It may have got here, but it's not abiding in you. And so he admonished them to go search the scriptures. Because he told them, in the scriptures what you find, everything in there is going to testify about me, he said. They weren't seeing him. They were blind to the fact that it was him, that it was the Messiah. But he said, go back and search. You and I as children of God have a responsibility. Everybody say responsibility. We have a responsibility to search the Scriptures. Notice I did not say to read the Scriptures. We do have that responsibility too. We have a responsibility to search the Scriptures. Do you know why many people believe that God exists in three distinct persons? That's just what they've been told all their life. And they haven't searched the scriptures. We should search the scriptures. And now, I got to say this carefully so it's not misunderstood. 
you shouldn't just categorically believe that there's only one God. Now, you should believe there's one God. Even the devils believe there's one God, and they tremble, the Bible says. But you and I should be able to search the Scriptures to say, this is why I believe there's only one God. Amen? Jesus said, search the Scriptures. That word search is to seek out, to seek until you find We have a responsibility to search the Scriptures. Jesus didn't say in verse 39, if you're a pastor or an elder or a teacher, then search the Scriptures. We all have a responsibility to search the Scriptures. Why? Because they testify of Him. And so when I'm searching the book... I'm not searching to get head knowledge. I want to know him. I want to know him. The apostle Paul was raised at the feet of Gamaliel, one of the greatest teachers of the law in his day. He was raised at the feet of Gamaliel. He was a Pharisee of the Pharisees. He was of the tribe of Benjamin. The script, he said, touching the law, he was perfect. He was learned in the scripture. The problem was he had it all here. But he didn't know the Lord. And so he was struck down on the road to Damascus. And on the road to Damascus, he said, Who are you, Lord? And the Lord said to him, I'm Jesus whom you persecute. And we find him later on declaring all his pedigree that I just said, I'm of the tribe of Benjamin. I'm an Israel. You know, I'm all this stuff. I'm of a... I'm all, here's my pedigree and my heritage. I sat at the cathedral. I'm learned. He said, I count all of that learning, all of that head knowledge as dung. For one thing, that I may know Christ. I want to know him. Jesus said in John, 39, or in John 5, 39, they, the scriptures testify of me. If you and I want to know him, we have to search the scriptures. If your only source of knowledge of the Word of God is from Thursday night and Sunday morning, you're not searching the Scriptures. And if your source of knowledge is only from Thursday night or Wednesday night and Sunday mornings throughout your life, and that's the only source, you're not searching the Scriptures. Every one of us in this room have a responsibility to search the Scriptures. That's the beauty that I love about so many people teaching Bible studies. Buddy, if you're teaching somebody, you got to search. (laughs) Because they'll ask you a question, you'll be like, uh... I love it when I get a text. Elder, I'm talking to somebody and... And I really do, I love it. It means they're digging, they're searching. And... So usually when I get those, I'll point them to Scripture. I want to dig in the Word of God. What does the Word of God say? Hear me, this is not just a subject to talk about tonight. Where we are in time, where we are in time demands of us as the people of God that we fall in love with this book.
and that we begin searching the scriptures so that we can give an answer, so that we can speak to a soul, so that we can minister to a life. I was standing in a, in a retail place today. And as I was standing there, there was a man over here. He had a ball cap on. And it was in Spanish. And it basically said, uh, I fish for souls. And it had Hebrews 6.19, Hebreos uh, 6.19 on the bill. And I had to grab my phone. I had to look that up real quick. Make sure I knew what it said. And uh, so I, I said, hey, I like your hat. I, I was hoping he spoke English. Um, and he's like, oh, I, I guess he wasn't sure which one he was wearing today. He pulled it off, looked at it. He goes, oh, yeah, do you know what it says? And so I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, is that right? Am I saying that right? He goes, yeah. So I'm like, okay, good. He speaks English. And so, uh, so then he pointed to Hebrews. I want to make sure I saw the scripture. And so I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so... In this brief exchange, man, I was ready to start giving him a Bible study. Now, I didn't. He left. But I found myself going, if I only have 10 seconds, what do I want to say? I sort of got a go-to question right now that I like asking people. I have two questions. Are you a believer? Right? That's, that's always the, are you, are you a believer too? Yeah. And I'm like, have you read the book of Acts? I guess really I have three questions. Yeah. Oh, man, so good. You know, Acts 19.6 always gets me. Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? I'm a believer, and I'm telling you, I received the Holy Ghost. It's the greatest thing that ever happened. Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? Oh, got to go. I, I don't know, right? But we need to understand the word. We need to search the scripture because they testify of him. All right? Luke 24. Let's hurry along. Verse 44. Luke 24. Again, Jesus is speaking here. Luke 24, verse 44 and 45. Jesus has died, been buried, rose again. He's now shown himself to men and women. And he's walking one day on the road to Emmaus. And along the road, on the journey to Emmaus, there's two men walking. Excuse me. He comes and joins up with them. Now they're walking together. And this is earlier in Luke 24. I'm just, you can read it. And they don't recognize who he is. And so he's like, what's going on? What are you talking about? And they're like, are, are you not from around here? Have you not heard about this, this Jesus? We, we thought he would be the Messiah. Can you imagine how that must have grieved his heart? We thought he would be the one. They didn't know the scripture. Now. He acted like he was going to go on when they got to their house. He goes in their house with them, eats with them. They ask him to come in. He sits down and eats with them. When he blessed the food, the Bible says their eyes were opened. 
And then he was vanished out of their midst. And they said, didn't our hearts burn within us as he talked with us along the way? And while he opened the scriptures. That's verse 32 of Luke 24, in case you wonder. He said, didn't our hearts burn in us while he opened the scriptures? Now, verse 44. Jesus is speaking now to his disciples because they were out fishing. He came in. There was bread and fish on the fire. He's talking to them. He said to them, these are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses. I want to stay on this verse right here. Which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning who? Who's me? Jesus Christ. Remember we read over in John. These are they which testify me. Search the scriptures. They talk about me. Here he's telling his disciples. The words I spake had to be fulfilled. They were written in the law of Moses. If you, if you did your Bible study with somebody and you did that first chart or the seed, the first lesson, or exploring God's word, the first lesson, or search for truth, the first lesson, you saw the books of the Bible, right? At the beginning, the first five books of the Bible, right? Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Those first five books of the Bible are called the law or the law of Moses. First five books of the Old Testament. And so, and then you have, of course, Psalms, Song of Solomon, Ecclesiastes. Those are the Psalms that you see there. And then you have all those prophets at the end of the New Testament. The history's in the middle there before that, right? But there at the end, you have all those prophets, Ezekiel, Daniel, Malachi, Micah, Zechariah, Zephaniah, Habakkuk, all those different names in there. You have, those are all the prophets, all in the Old Testament. Jesus said the law of Moses, the prophets, the Psalms, everything in there had to be fulfilled concerning me. He was saying all the Old Testament talks about me. Precious people of God, we have to search the Scripture to know him. To know him. I can't just know him experientially. And I'm afraid sometimes, sometimes, especially as apostolics, people are content to know him experientially only. I want to feel his presence. I want to be filled with the Holy Ghost. That's an experience. I just want experiential relationship. Depth of relationship comes through searching the scriptures and studying the word of God. And if I'm truly going to be apostolic, I'm going to search the scriptures. Now, we need teachers. Teachers help us. But there comes a place in time. I don't have this verse here. You can go look it up. I promise it's in there. There comes a place in time where... You know, Paul said, you know, you should be teaching now, but I'm teaching you. you. You've been doing this. Well, you should be one that's now teaching, but you're still wanting milk when you should be eating meat at this point. He was calling them spiritual babes. And the reason he was calling them that was because they hadn't given themselves to searching the scripture. He said, you ought to be teaching, but you're still wanting more people to teach you. 
there comes a transition where it's like, I need to get in the word for myself. I got to get in the word for myself. Amen? Now, so all these things Jesus said concern me. Watch verse 45. Then opened he their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. This is the second time we see this in Luke 24, that he opened the scriptures or opened understanding to understand the scriptures. When you and I, when you and I go to the word of God and say, you know what, I want to study the word. I want to know you, Lord. You got to help me here. You got to help me here, Lord. This, sometimes I read this and I, I might as well just been reading some lawyer's journal because I don't have a clue what I just read. I, you know, I, I, I'm human too. And so I have to pray, God, help me to un- give me understanding, open my understanding. If, if I need to slow down, Lord, then let me slow down. I just want to know you. I want to know your word. I want a relationship that deepens with you. Does that make sense? And so don't feel like you've got to read five chapters a day. If you read five chapters, but you don't glean anything from the word of God. Brother Joel gave me a book I'm reading right now. And uh, I'm, I'm a little embarrassed to say this. I'm only like seven pages into it. I'm not a slow reader. But here's the thing. I'm reading that book, and I've got my Bible right there. And, Brother Joel, I got to page two. And an hour and a half later, I was still on page two. Because I was, it sparked something in me when I read a couple of things. In the foreword, page two is still the foreword. I hadn't even gotten to the first chapter yet. But it sparked something in me, and I'm like, that is in the Word. Man, I started digging. hour and a half later, I'm like, man, I didn't read as far as I thought I'd read this morning. I'm not opposed to reading other books that help me understand Scripture. But there is no substitute for the Word of God. And even when I, and if I'm reading another book that's telling me about the Word, I want to validate it in the Word. There's a lot of good books written out there, but you better learn. If you don't know the word, you won't be able to discern the difference between truth and error. I remember Brother Charles Mahaney, the father of Nick Mahaney, who many of you heard has ministered here a couple times. Uh, he always made this statement. Brother Nick Mahaney would always share it with me. The Bible will shed a whole lot of light on those commentaries. Sometimes people are like, well, I'm going to go read this commentary to figure out what the Bible's saying. I'm not telling you you can't use a commentary, but you better be careful. Commentaries are written by men. They are men's comments on a scripture. They can be helpful. I've read them. But there's no gift and no replacement for studying the word of God and praying. Look, I, I wanted to read this in Luke 24 that we did to recognize something Jesus does is open understanding of the scriptures. He still does that. So I, I want to search that way. Let's go to 2 Timothy chapter 2. I'm hurrying here. 2 Timothy 2 verse 14. Listen what Paul says to Timothy. 2 Timothy 2 and verse 14. 
of these things, put them in remembrance. Now he uses a strong word here, charging them before the Lord. That's pretty strong words, isn't it? Put them in remembrance, charging them before the Lord, that they strive not about words to no profit. If you look at that, strive not about words to no profit, it's, it literally is saying that they don't argue about things that really don't matter. Don't get arguing over things that don't profit anybody. You can argue back and forth over certain words and come to, and you'll never come to an agreement. That doesn't profit anybody. Charge them before the Lord that they don't do that. You know, did Adam have a belly button? I don't know. I'm not going to argue with you about that. Okay? Probably not, my opinion. So some of you are still going, hmm. But, right? It doesn't matter. Okay? That's a silly example. But you can argue about stuff to no profit. This is what he's talking about. He's in this context. Charge them, put them in remembrance and charge them before the Lord. That they don't strive about words to no profit. Because when, what that does, it's to, that word but that you see there was added by the translators. It's not in the original. Strive not about words to no profit to the subverting of the hearers. Because that's what happens. If you get two people arguing back and forth over some stuff. And it's like, this isn't profiting anything. They're just debating their point, but nobody's benefiting. Other people that are hearing it, it subverts them. It turns them off. It pushes them away. They don't glean anything when there should be something gleaned from the discussion of the word. Now, those of you that have been to Bible college, you've sat through some of those things where you have some of those debates over Scripture, and me and my kids have done that, and I enjoy that. But it's in a fixed setting. You understand? I'm not doing that. We're not having those conversations in front of everybody and their brother. That would be like, man, they were really, they, I think they think a little different about it. It causes, we have those conversations that help us flesh out what Scripture means. But Paul was talking about arguing about foolish things that, why does it matter? Okay? But watch, then he followed that with verse 15. Study, everybody say study. Study, study to show thyself approved unto who? God. God. Study to show yourself proved to God. A workman that needeth not to be ashamed. Rightly dividing the word of truth. Who's that verse for? Just preachers? Every single one of us in this room. That's for every one of us. Study. We have Sister Sandra, Sister Stephanie, Sister Julie. Looking around the room really quick. Sister Esperanza is not here tonight. We have these nurses. Are you all BSNs? Ooh, that's like the real. It's like BSN is big stuff nurse. That's what it means. Big stuff nurse. Okay. Just in case you wondered. Okay. So, so, ladies, I have a question. Did you have teachers in college to get your nursing degree? Yeah, yeah, you had teachers. Okay. Uh, did you have class where teachers taught you and you went through stuff and they showed you stuff? Yes. Okay. Is that all you needed to graduate? 
No. I know you had clinicals, stuff like that, right? Where somebody was teaching you stuff as well, right? How much time in a week would you say you studied on your own outside of class and outside of somebody else teaching you? Give me a rough figure. In hours. 20 to 40 hours a week? Okay. It's like a job. Okay, now I want you to I want you to recognize this. They had teachers. They went to class and had teachers. They went to hospitals and had teachers. They probably watched videos that had teachers. But they personally spent 20 to 40 hours a week in personal study. To get a degree. That's a beautiful thing. Isn't it something? It would be foolish. If they would have expected. That they could have went to school and said. I paid for school. Why do I have to spend time studying on my own? You should teach me. And I should be able to get my degree. I guarantee you. There's not a single nurse that would ever get their degree. Right? But you know what we'll do if we're not careful? I go to church on Sunday. I go to Bible study on Thursday. Teach me. Why should I have to spend time during my week studying the Word of God? They did it for a job that's temporary. We are pursuing an eternal home. Study to show yourself approved unto God. A workman that needeth not to be ashamed. Rightly dividing the word of truth. I want to run through that verse super fast. The word study is to make haste. To exert one's self. To endeavor to give diligence. That's not casual. Exert one's self. Those 20 to 40 hours of study, did you just enjoy all that? Living the dream. Was it work? But you were committed. See, studying the scripture isn't always like, oh, this is wonderful. I'm just getting so much revelation every page I turn. No, sometimes I'm digging. There's treasures are worth digging for. I'm digging. I'm searching. I want to understand. I don't understand, but I'm, I'm hung here for some reason. God, talk to me. I'll pause, and I'm going to spend time in prayer. I'm going to wait on the Lord. I'm going to, you know, it's, it's a statement that's been made before, but it's worth repeating again. This is the only book that you and I can study where we can talk with the author while we're doing it. What a privilege. What a privilege. Study, make haste, exert oneself, endeavor, give diligence. Approved. That word approved there literally means accepted or pleasing. Accepted or pleasing. Study, exert yourself to be pleasing and accepted of God. Pleasing to and accepted of God. The converse would almost seem true. If I'm never studying the scripture, it's not pleasing to him. 
The Greek word that's used there for approved is one of my favorite words in Scripture in the Greek. It's dokimos. And uh, dokimos, the Greek word, is what they used to call people. Back in, the, in ancient times, they made money. And money would be made, and it was soft metal. And so there were money changers. And some those that lacked integrity learned because the money was soft, they could shave the edges off of these round coins, silver or whatever. They could shave the edges and, and get some of that silver themselves and still exchange it. Wouldn't weigh as much as a full weight coin, but they could shave the edges, get a little bit for themselves. That's, that may be where the idea of shaving some off the top comes from. They would shave the edges. Well, what would happen is there would be some money changers that developed a reputation of being men of integrity that would never shave down their money. And you knew if you exchanged with them, you were getting full value and full weight. Those men were called dokimos. That's the Greek word that's used here for approved, integrity, full weight, not shaving the edges. Honorable. A workman, a laborer. Makes me think of 2 Peter 1 and 10. Peter said, give diligence, right? Needeth not to be ashamed. You know, there's nothing worse than feeling like, man, I wish I had an answer, but I haven't spent any time in the Word, and I really don't know what to say. And rightly dividing. You and I can't rightly divide the Word if we don't study the Word. And the word rightly dividing there means to make straight and smooth and to handle properly. To make straight and smooth and to handle properly. All right? There's a lot of people mishandling the word of God. And if you and I, hear me, if you and I don't study the word, we will mishandle the word. And it will not be straight and smooth for somebody. Hebrews 4 and 12 says the word of God is quick, alive, and powerful, and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the dividing asunder of the soul and the spirit and the joints and the marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. That's the word of God. It's a sword that pierces, discerns thoughts, intents. The word of God does that. If I don't handle it properly, rather than it coming through and cutting straight and smooth, it can do a lot of damage. But if I rightly divide the word, it may still cut, but it'll cut straight. It'll cut smooth. It won't do damage. It'll get down to the place that needs help. Like, I think of it as a surgeon making a cut. doesn't come in all whack. But no, right? Heaven forbid. Skill to cut straight and smooth. I had surgery on my head one time. They put a little metal plate in here and with some screws. So if you wonder what's wrong with me, it's the metal plate. And so you can't even tell. They cut right there. I mean, if I showed you, you could tell. But they did. My wife knew. She hit me upside the head one time. It split it open and started bleeding. True story. She headbutted me. She'll have to tell you that story another time. We don't have time tonight. Cutting straight and smooth. This is the word of God. 
people of God, we have to commit ourselves to studying the word so that we don't damage people with the word. Right? Handle it properly. Uh, I'm hurrying to finish. 1 Timothy 4. 1 Timothy 4 and verse 6. If you put the brethren in remembrance of these things, you'll be a good minister of Jesus Christ. Nourished up in the words of faith and of good doctrine whereunto you hast attained. We want to be nourished in the words of faith, good doctrine. Comes through study. Skip down to verse 12 through 16. Verse 12 says, excuse me, let no man despise your youth. How many of you think you're a youth? Raise your hand. Most of us? Okay, good. Let no man despise your youth, but be an example of the believers. Everybody say, example of the believers. This is a believer. Be an example of the believers in word. That's in what you say. In conversation, that's in your lifestyle. In charity, that's in love. In spirit, that means what people don't see but how you act. In faith. In purity, verse 13, until I come, this is what you need to be doing, Paul said. Give attendance to reading. Reading what? Louis L'Amour. Instagram comments. Facebook. No, give attendance to reading the word is what he's talking about. Give attendance to reading, to exhortation. That's talking about what you've read. And to doctrine, that's studying the Word, to know what the Word says. Keep going, verse 14. Neglect not the gift that is in you, which was given you by prophecy with the laying on of the hands of the presbytery. Verse 15. Meditate on these things. On what things? The things you've read, the things you've studied, the things in the Word. Meditate on these things. Give yourself wholly to them, that that profiting may appear to all. And verse 16. Take heed to yourself and to the doctrine. Continue in them, for in doing this, watch, you shall both save yourself and them that hear you. Give attendance. That word give attendance doesn't mean just show up. That word give attendance means give attention to it. Amen? To devote thought or effort. That's what it means to give attendance. Acts 17. I'll finish here in Acts 17 tonight. I want us to understand there is so much admonition in the Word of God to study the Word of God. And I, I'm just being honest with you. The Lord has been convicting me about this. He's been convicting me about spending more time in the Word of God. Not to gain knowledge, head knowledge, but to know Him, to know His will. How many of you have ever said, man, I sure wish the Lord would talk to me? Any, anybody? My hand's up. You ever said, man, I wish the Lord would talk to me? Yeah. Did you know the Lord still talks to people? He does. I promise you. He'll talk to you more here 
than any other way. I'm not saying you can't be in a place of prayer and the Lord talk with you. I'm not. Ho- hopefully you could be sitting here and the Lord could be talking to you. You can be talking with a brother and sister and the Lord can be talking to you. But if you want him to talk to you, you're not getting answers. You're like, I need direction, Lord. Search the scriptures. All right. Acts 17. Again, finishing in this chapter, verse 1 through 5. Now, when they had passed through Amphipolis and Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica. Aren't you glad you don't have to write that on your envelope for your return address? Where was a sorry, I just heard it. Where was a synagogue of the Jews? They is, um, I think this Apostle Paul here. Yeah, thank you, verse 2. And Paul, as his manner was, he went into them. He went into the synagogue of the Jews. He went into them, and three Sabbath days, so he was there for three weeks. Three Sabbath days, he reasoned with them. Where? Out of the Scriptures. Out of the Scriptures. He didn't show up there every Sabbath and say, Hey, I've got a great thought for today. Let me share one verse, and then let's just talk for a while. I know we do that sometimes. The Lord does that. That's, there comes inspiration from the Word of God. The Spirit of God, the rhema of God flows. I'm not, but because he was dealing with people that didn't have understanding and revelation, he's like, I've got to reason with them out of the Scriptures. They knew the Scriptures. So they were having this conversation back and forth. You with me? Verse 3. Opening and alleging, opening what? Scriptures. Alleging from the Scriptures that Christ must needs have suffered and risen again from the dead and that this Jesus whom I preach to you is Christ. How did he try to show them that? Scriptures. Remember what we read in John and Luke? Search the Scriptures. In them you think you have eternal life and they are they which testify of me, Jesus said. All must be fulfilled from the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. So what is Paul doing? He's doing what Jesus was trying to get others to do. Open the scripture. You'll see Christ. I'm trying to tell you about Christ. He's in these scriptures. Verse 4. And some of them believed. And they consorted with Paul and Silas. And of the devout Greeks even. A great multitude of the chief women. Not a few. Verse 5. But the Jews which didn't believe... Moved with envy, took to them certain lewd fellows of the baser sort, gathered a company, and set all the city in an uproar, and assailed, or assaulted the house of Jude, Jason, and sought to bring them out to the people. They're arguing. See, because the word of God, the word of God cuts. It discerns thoughts and intents. And there's either a response that says, I believe, or a response that rises up. We're not right fighting flesh and blood. Verse 6. Did I stop you at verse 5? Oh, that's on me. Verse 5. That's fine. So now go to verse 10. Watch this. So, so you've got these Jews that aren't believing, and they're resisting the word, and they're fighting it. And Some Greeks are consorting with Paul and Silas. That's a good thing. They're agreeing. But now watch verse 10. They, they've moved on. And the brethren immediately sent away Paul and Silas by night. Because it was getting crazy there. There was an uproar. And so they're like, Paul and Silas, you got to get out of here. They sent them away by night to Berea. It's a city down the road. That's a little easier than whatever we said in that other verse. You could write that on the envelope. They sent them to Berea, who coming thither, what did they do? 
they went into the synagogue of the Jews. Verse 11, I want you to notice that first line. These were more noble than those in Thessalonica. That's where they just left. Why were they more noble? In that they received the word with all readiness of mind and searched the scriptures daily, whether those things were so. See the difference? In Thessalonica, there was an uproar. They resisted. They drove them out. But in Berea, they were more noble. Why were they more noble? Because they received the word with readiness of mind. Not only did they receive it with a ready mind, but once they received it, they said, okay, now we're going to search the scriptures every day to see, is this really true? Heard what he's telling us. Now I have a responsibility. I'm going to go search the scriptures daily. Verse 12, I finish with this. Now watch the result of their searching the scriptures daily. Wherefore, or therefore, many of them believed. Also of honorable women, which were Greeks, and of men, not a few. Stand with me tonight, please. Now, I believe the Spirit of the Lord is trying to provoke us a little bit, okay? Trying to provoke us a little bit. Um, I hope this doesn't feel like a, what's the word I'm looking for? A guilt trip or a, the Lord is trying to invite us, provoke and invite us to a place. We have busy lives, don't we? We have busy lives. I don't know how people found 20 to 40 hours a week to study nursing stuff. How long were y'all in school? <laughs> Forever. Sister Julie said, is that seven years? Sister Julie was in school seven years. Now, a lot of years invested. I'm not telling you you should spend 20 to 40 hours a week. But my goodness, what would happen? What would happen? I'm talking to myself as much as any other individual in this room. When's the last time you said, you know what? I'm just sitting down with my Bible for two hours. I don't want any interruptions. I just got to dig in the Word. I don't mean I'm reading. Now, I may spend two hours and get through one chapter if I'm lucky sometimes. I've been in Revelation chapter. It took me three weeks to get through Revelation chapter one, not because I was spending 24 hours <laughs> a week. <laughs> Why is this so important? Because the world is coming to a place where they need to hear the word of God. And this is not a shocker. We're not getting them all here. You and I have to go. And as we search the scriptures, and we're in a conversation, I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. 
if you and I will give ourselves to searching the scriptures daily, you're going to be in a conversation at work and something's going to come to your spirit and you're going to have to have boldness and say, you know what? Can I tell you something I was reading? I was standing in a workplace talking with one of my managers a couple of weeks ago. And they said something, and I know this will surprise you, and a scripture came to my spirit. I'm like, oh, man, what do I do right now? <laughs> you ever have that quandary? Or whatever. And so I said, you know what? I said, I don't know where you are and how you feel about the Bible. I'm not trying to preach to you or anything. But there's a statement in the Bible that I just thought of because of what you said. I, I, and uh, they just said, oh, yeah, that's a good book. I, you know, I think it's a good book. And so I... <laughs> And so I, you know, like I said, I wouldn't try to pre. I, I just couldn't be silent, and I just felt like you know I, I didn't shove anything at them. You understand? But this book is full of truths, truths, and they apply in every circumstance and situation. Truths, and so we can speak truths. But we've got to search the scriptures. I don't tell you proudly, I'm really done. I can, anybody ever get caught on a YouTube thing and figure out that you've spent like an hour on YouTube and you're like, oh my goodness. Anybody? Six of us? Okay. You're like, oh my goodness. You know, they have little settings you can put on there that give you a little notification that tells you you can sort of turn on for yourself. It's like, okay, you hit your 30-minute mark. That YouTube has that built in, you know. I learned that. You say, you mean you couldn't just stop? I lose track of time. I'm human. Don't beat me up. I, I'm telling you, without even thinking about it, I could spend an hour. Not even think about it. I have time. I just have to prioritize my time. Okay? Again, I'm not telling you you should block out five hours every day. Change your life, I'm sure. But we may need to rearrange some priorities. And say, I can find time to study the scriptures, to search. Jesus said to do it. Paul said to do it. And we started with that verse that troubles my spirit in Hosea chapter 4. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Not knowledge that wasn't available to them. They just rejected it. I don't want to reject what's available to me. Because I believe all of us have the calling of priests on our life according to the New Testament. So if I'm going to walk as a priest of the living God, I need to study the scriptures. Amen. Praise God. Lord, we thank you for your word that cannot fail. I pray tonight in our spirit a renewed hunger for the word of God. I pray search my appetite. I want an appetite for the word of God. I want an appetite for the word of God. And Lord, I know it comes by consuming it. I know it comes from partaking of it. The bread of life. Your word is the bread of life. You have the words of eternal life. I pray in each one of us, anoint our minds, God. Open our understanding as we 
delve into the Word of God. Open our spirit right on our hearts as we delve into your Word. Illuminate your scriptures. Reveal yourself in greater measure. Open our hearts and our lives in greater ways by your Word, through your Word, Lord. Teach us, teach us your word, Father. Lead us in your word. Let us glean from your word. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Thank you for your precious holy word. Show us what it is to study. Teach us what it is to study. Lead us, Father, in the study of your word. In the name of Jesus, I pray. In the name of Jesus, I pray. There was a statement made in times past. Where, and it was well placed. The problem was it wasn't true. You ever had somebody say something that's like, man, that sounds really good, but I don't think that's true. You ever had that? Well, I had witnessed it years ago, and it was happening at the time someone was getting baptized. And it sort of troubled me a little bit. Like, ooh, where'd that come from? And... I'm like, I, hadn't, I knew I hadn't taught that. <laughs> I'm like, where did that come from? And it sounded nice, but the problem is it, it just wasn't true. It just wasn't true. And it, seemingly, harmlessly enough, it had just been picked up from some other religious routine along the way. Does that make sense? But when I searched the Scriptures... I'm like, oh, I can't say that. That may cause somebody to believe something about the word of God that isn't true. I don't want to do that. Amen? And so the Bible says that a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. Right? A little bit of yeast. The whole ball of flour. <laughs> That's the Joel translation. Right? And so what happens is if I'm talking with someone about the word, but then I mix in a little bit of misunderstanding. Now, God is gracious. I can share something in sincerity where I believe I understand it. And then later on, God realized, I'm like, oh, he's done that in my life. Okay, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about where I haven't searched the scripture. I just took what somebody said and I'm just repeating stuff and I'm like, oh, hold on a minute. We need to search the scriptures. And I promise you, as you begin doing that, God will minister into your spirit. He'll begin talking to you. You'll start getting revelation that will come from him. And you and I will fall in love with the book. You'll fall in love with it. Amen. Praise God. God bless you. Greet someone. We'll see you Sunday morning if we don't see you before. I promise I'll come. You're dismissed in Jesus. In Jesus name.